the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Underwithrow underway on this Tuesday edition. Glad you're with us. Outkick.com slash watch is where you can check out all of the live stream shows. And that's where we are currently right now on demand there as well with full shows. Just go there, Outkick.com, click the watch tab, and you're ready to go. Plus, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search Outkick there. Chad, good afternoon. We've got John McClain coming up in about 40 minutes. Looking forward to that. We preview what is going to be a great championship weekend across the NFL. And I feel alive. It's the best way I can describe today. I feel alive. A lot to get to. Can't wait. Chad is alive. I'm alive. He's kicking. Are you alive? I am. I'm here. We're alive and well. We're ready to go. Is Jim Harbaugh ready to go ahead and, and make up his mind? Is he alive? Because we haven't heard from him in a while. It sounds like uh, he's close to making things official with the Los Angeles Chargers. It's time for Jim Harbaugh to let everyone know what he's going to do. Imagine being Michigan right now. You know he's leaving. Sharon Moore is going to get that gig. I mean, there's really no debate about that. But on top of all of this, reports are that the Chargers have made an extremely strong financial offer, that coming from Tom Pellicero earlier today. And they're currently going through staffing issues or uh, funding, I guess is a better way to term this. Uh, who the general manager is going to be. And then there's a report that his offensive coordinator is going to be Greg Roman. His defensive coordinator will be Jesse Minter. So he's taking Minter from Michigan, who's is currently his DC there. Uh, plus his son, uh, Jay, will be joining him. Uh, he was the special teams coordinator for the Michigan Wolverines. Chad, it's it's time. The The saga needs to end. Take the NFL gig. Or announce that you're just staying and sign the offer that Michigan is going to give you. And I wonder what the reaction has been to the report, and I, I certainly know mine, this idea that Harbaugh and Don Yee, his new agent, countered with Michigan by saying, yeah, um, put in there a clause that says you can't go retroactively back if the NCAA lays the hammer down and fire me with cause. I want immunity. I mean, I wouldn't do that based on the money that's going to be laid out there for him to stay, especially with the, the fact that he refuses to sign the contract or it stipulates he couldn't talk with an NFL team in 2024. Chad, the immunity thing made me laugh because I'm thinking, well, he won't sign the current deal that's been on the table for months. He's really good friends with Santa Ono, the president of the school. We absolutely know they'll give him whatever he asks for. And I also laugh because I'm thinking he's using this as leverage against the Chargers, not the opposite way around. And Los Angeles is about to give him full control. He's going to be the alpha for the Chargers organization. And now we get to see how things progress with Justin Herbert. And consider me initially on the board with this making sense, is he worth all these demands? Is he worth breaking the bank for in this hiring cycle? I know he's been extremely successful in the NFL. He's been extremely successful at Michigan. But will the saga ever end year after year? It reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Year after year after year. And I would like him to go ahead and just make up his mind. And hey, I know he's got all the power and the leverage. He can make up his mind whenever he wants to. He was at the, the March for Life rally. 
He was at the divisional playoff game to support his brother, just like John supported him at the national championship game. I get it. Uh, now it's time to go ahead and figure out if you're going back to the National Football League. I think we all believe he is. But he's also scheduled for a second interview in Atlanta. What are we waiting on here? Will it ever end, Chad? Yeah, he's... Um, Harbaugh's a bit of a, a drama queen, I think, about some of these things. I think he likes the attention. I think he likes the drama. Um, he's an oddball at times, too. He's He's a weird case because... He can be both very genuine at times and seeming very genuine and honest about who he is and his intentions and everything else, and other times seem like a complete mystery uh, to everyone, including us right now, on what his intentions are. Here's what I believe, and I believe this throughout. He's going to take the Chargers job. He's going to be an NFL head coach. It's just a matter of time. And he is milking this with his agent for everything that he can get. Hutton asked the question, is he really worth all this? If he's not, no other candidate is. And I, I include Bill Belichick in that because he's 72 years old. I mean, if you're going to go for a coach that could be somewhere for 10 to 12 years with his resume, you're not finding it. You're not going to find his resume. No one's been as successful as him. Mike Vrabel may approach that given his age and the fact that he does have a winning record in the NFL as a head coach. And you could point to him getting to an AFC championship game. Jim Harbaugh got one rung further. Uh, advancing to a Super Bowl and winning the NFC. He did that with Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. He's 44-19 and 19 mm -hmm. as an NFL head coach. He's won a national title in college football. He could be a younger version of Pete Carroll when the Seahawks got him, or maybe around the same age. I'd have to look back and see what Pete Carroll was, what his age was when he went to Seattle. Regardless, though, you're not going to get anyone as accomplished at his age. Sure, there's Bill Belichick who's maybe the greatest head coach in the NFL history, but he's 72. I, I, no one's dying to get Bill Belichick right now. If the Falcons don't do it, he may get shut out uh, of jobs. And I think the Falcons will ultimately do it. Here's what's really stunning to me in all of this. Sharon Moore's going to go with him. If I'm Michigan on this side of it, there is no way I'm letting him leave. I am retaining him in hopes that you can keep that Jim Harbaugh vibe going. You can keep whatever he built there to get them to the national championship going. Sharon Moore kept the season going without Jim Harbaugh. So why not retain Sharon Moore to be the head coach of Michigan and try to keep that roster together, try to keep everything they've done in recruiting together, and have some solidarity from what was the Harbaugh era now into what is sort of the Harbaugh light era. Instead, he's going to go to the Chargers also. That's the part that baffles me well, the, and all of this. But I think ultimately he's going to be an NFL head coach. Well, the only report I've seen is for Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I was saying Sharon Moore is the foregone conclusion to replace him. Well, he should be. Well, but I mean, there's not even a – I mean, we briefly heard about Brian Kelly. Um, Lance Leipold's name's been thrown out there a little bit. But, I mean, it's, it's more at this stage. And I wonder – what has been going on behind the scenes? Michigan's not uh, at, at the top of the recruiting rankings here. But we saw what just happened with Alabama. How, what's the ripple effect when this is actually done? Because Harbaugh's wife is accompanying him for the second meeting in Los Angeles. Uh, whenever this takes place, either uh, today or later this week is the report. Um, what's the ripple effect on the roster at Michigan? Where we're already going to see the exodus of NFL talent. 
that was on the 15-0 national championship winning Wolverines team. Beyond that, though, does the momentum carry over the way it would for the normal national championship winning program? No. But how much does more save it behind the scenes? I think, just based on what we've seen, a great deal. Much more so than hiring from outside and waiting a year. Yeah, I think most of college football wants um, them to keep Sharon Moore because of what could happen there. And it's all about what, where does Michigan go that sets off the chain reaction. Here's an example. There's been reports about Brian Kelly being right. interested in Michigan if it comes open. Now suddenly if Michigan hires Kelly, then LSU's open. Well, LSU's not going to go hire someone from some directional school. They can go out and get a top-level coach from an existing Power 5 school. So then there's another job open. It starts that domino effect similar to Kalen DeBoer leaving a good job like Washington because then Washington can go hire Arizona's head coach and Arizona needs to – it goes on and on. Jim Harbaugh is going to go back to the NFL, though. I, I don't – Yeah. There, there would have already been a commitment to Michigan or him stopping the interviews. I mean, I don't think you're going out on these interviews for a second time if unless you're going. And – I don't see the Chargers I, passing on him at this point. I agree, but man, we've seen this play out before. We have seen this. We saw it last year with Denver. Denver flew to Ann Arbor. You know, I, I, did you? I laughed whenever I heard that uh, the first interview or the first meeting with Arthur Blank and Bill Belichick took place on his, on Blank's yacht in the Virgin Islands. I love that. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, Belichick there. Remember the house on in the, the Hamptons yacht? that the Warriors rented to, uh, to well, entertain Kevin Durant? No, Durant. Durant, Durant inter- rented it to entertain every team. Yes. That's right. But the Warriors loves, won loves. him over there. But yeah, he rented that, that place uh, in the Hamptons. I remember going – I read an article at one point that detailed that home in the Hamptons that Kevin Durant rented. But if you're Arthur Blank, you don't need to rent that house because you've probably got seven of them. Chad, uh, we do have three hires complete in the NFL among the, uh, the, the coaching carousel here. Uh, Antonio Pierce, the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, he's retained. Gerard Mayo – uh, is elevated in New England. And Brian Callahan moves from the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati, and he's the 20th head coach in the franchise for the Tennessee Titans. He's the new head coach to replace Mike Vrabel. We see all the other openings, plenty of interviews across the board, and it's Callahan who lands the third gig. The, the word that keeps coming to mind with Brian Callahan is adaptability. He's been adaptable throughout his career. I read a great article from The Athletic. This was from 2022 that detailed his rise in coaching, and it was told to the perspective of all the quarterbacks that he's been touched by along the way. And it goes back to seventh grade when, of course, as Bill Callahan's son, Bill Callahan was coaching the offensive line for Buddy Ryan's Philadelphia Eagles, and he would play catch with Randall Cunningham before games as a ball boy for the Eagles and what he learned from Randall Cunningham. And then that goes to Rich Gannon, who he threw with as a high school freshman because he was a quarterback also that ended up at UCLA and what he learned from Rich Gannon. The main takeaway, though, about Brian Callahan's trajectory and where he learned the most was from Peyton Manning. And this is fascinating, some of the stories about his assignment as a quality control, offensive analyst, offensive assistant for those great Broncos teams that eventually broke through and won the Super Bowl after getting to another one. And what I learned about this was adaptability, and he's kind of a chameleon. He can be whatever you want him to be. 
You know who that doesn't sound like? Mike Vrabel, who's not going to change for anyone. Mike Vrabel is who he is around everyone at all times. And if you like that, great. If you respond to it as a player, awesome. You're going to be in, in good standing with him. If you don't, then get out. That's the way Mike Vrabel operates. That's his personality. Bill Belichick is another one like that, who he learned that from. Callahan is the opposite. Callahan can walk into different rooms and be a different guy based on the situation. He morphs into his quarterback. Joe Burrow is a super secret private guy with this intensity about him. And he doesn't like to be yucking it up with people all the time on the sideline. Callahan knew that about him. He learned that about him. He morphed into what he needed. Peyton Manning held meetings with every staffer and his backup quarterbacks and asked them to take notes on different things, video watching, and report back to him. And there was a time in the story in The Athletic tells the story in a very funny way where Peyton was demanding blitz packages for a team they were playing. And Callahan said they never blitz when they showed this formation or whatever it was. And Peyton said, oh, really? They never blitz out of that? Okay. All right. Good note. Good to know. Jots it down. Next day, opens up his notepad and says, hey, uh, Brian, Callie, as they call him, you said they never blitz out of this. Well, I'm going to show you some right now where they blitzed out of it two years ago. He went back two years and found it. And Callahan said, I will never be wrong again. Because when you're working with someone like Peyton Manning, you cannot be wrong because he will catch you on that. I think he learned a lot from Peyton Manning. I think he learned a lot from Rich Gannon. I think he learned a lot from Matthew Stafford. I think picking up the pieces of those great quarterbacks along the way, Derek Carr, another guy he worked with, I think it's going to benefit him offensively. But Hutton, the first objective for Brian Callahan with the Titans, not the offensive line, not getting along with Rand Carthon, it is knowing exactly what you're going to do with Will Levis. Whether you believe in Will Levis as a star in the NFL or not, you got to have a plan with Will Levis. And I think that he's equipped to do that. So, look, it's a crapshoot, right? You're hiring an assistant who's never been a head coach. No one knows how good this guy is going to be. But I do like that they're at least going in the direction of someone that is going to shape an offense and be adaptable to the quarterback. Yes, and, and we, I mean, he's never called plays. Right. As well. And he's uh, going to call plays as the head coach. That's the now. report, yeah. I mean, so this is why I asked the question about Harbaugh. Because if you're adapting to where the NFL is going, it's young. He's the fourth youngest head coach now in the National Football League. Turns 40 in June. Um, and just comparing that, you've got Sean McVay, Gerard Mayo, and Shane Steichen, younger. But, I mean, the old hats are, I mean, the idea that Bill Belichick is losing momentum to get the job in Atlanta, when you start to look at all of the interviews, it's not just Belichick and, and Harbaugh. They're going the younger route as well. Um, Bobby Slowick is one that comes to mind. Uh, that's, that seems to be the trend, and it's the trend because of Sean McVay. Well, and it's Shanahan. the trend because of Shanahan. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that whole tree. But I mean, if you look around the league. And Sean, that's the tree Brian Callahan's off of, Sean, is, the, is the Shanahan. But the, you have uh, Sean McVay, who has placed through his system all these coaches practically everywhere now, it feels like. And then you have Shanahan, who also has done that in Houston, in Cincinnati, and others. And now you have teams that are, are hiring hiring head coaches that have not even coached one side of the football or the other, just positionally. And we see that in Cincinnati right now. That seems to be the trend. The Titans are following that. And I think that's more or less the, 
the route that owners are trying to go to bring in this new wave of quarterback talent. And this one happens to be um, uh, Will Levis. And I, I also wonder, where's Liam, Liam Cohen in this? The most successful season in college for Will Levis was his junior year when Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator calling plays for him. And, well, he's also from the McVay tree. I, I think you could see here's, his name pop up. Here's something else I'd argue, too. What I know he can help the quarterback, but I feel like if you're hiring Liam Cohen, you're hiring him to call plays because he's already done that successfully for Will Levis. So if you're the head coach and you're going to call offensive plays, having never done that before, and that's a big thing to put it there, and I'm glad you it said is. it, Hutton, because we don't know what he is as a play caller because Zach Taylor has done that in Cincinnati and done it well. But if you're going to hire an offensive coordinator, there's reports about Thomas Brown who led the worst offense in the NFL being the offensive coordinator, and I'm thinking, why? Because he's with I, McVay. He was with McVay prior to this. I don't, it's I don't, crazy. But to me, it's – I like the Liam Cohen idea. If you're going all in on Will Levis, if you're the Titans, I like right. that in theory. But I feel like if you're bringing on Liam Cohen, you're not bringing him on as a sounding board You would call plays with for him. Callahan and Levis. You're bringing him on to call plays like he's done before for Will Levis. Or you, you just try to speak his language a bit. Right, which he, you said he's great at doing. You gave the example of Joe Burrow. Yeah. Well, um, it's just, it, it's amazing. But he's also it, worked even, with it. Derek Carr. Yeah. Matthew Stafford. But it's going, so going from Manning to Stafford, as an example, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's told this story that Manning is super intense, super detailed, does all of his homework, and there's a certain way he likes to work during the week, and he likes guys to ask questions and throw problems at him. And then Manning throws problems back at the room, and they go that way. Stafford, while intent, is totally different. He said that Manning would tell you everything that he liked, that he didn't like. He'd be very upfront and direct about what he wanted in his game plan. Stafford, you had to coax it out of him. So he had to learn to make Matthew Stafford more vocal, to tell him what he likes and what he doesn't like, and be more authoritative on the sideline, in the meeting room, and everything else. But that ability to change, not his personality. I'm not saying the guy's an actor right. and that he's faking people out. There's an ability to get along in certain rooms and make the number one thing the number one thing. And the number one thing in the NFL is the quarterback. And what Brian Callahan has shown is an ability to get the most out of different personality types at quarterback. Will Levis is a very different personality type. So maybe he's the type of guy that can coax the absolute best out of Will Levis. That's the hope if you're a Titans fan. But we also have never seen the guy call plays. So if you're going to bring on Liam Cohen, my desire would be that they'd let Liam Cohen call plays and Brian Callahan can be an offensive-minded head coach that is the CEO head coach of the team and let Liam Cohen call the plays. It's also, uh, in some ways, just brilliant and maddening in, in the same exact example of teams that just do the opposite of the coach they just had. You know, it's the, just the complete about face. We've seen this personally, Chad, through the walls of the, the Titans organization with Ken Wisenhunt, who came in to call his own plays. Successful offense coordinator, successful head coach that went to the Super Bowl with the Arizona Cardinals. That was a complete disaster. Yep. This seems to be just the about face from that as well, where this is the general manager choosing the head coach that he wants to be paired with. And they did not let him out of the facility after the second interview. I think this could work out. I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to sit here and make some proclamation that the Titans have screwed up or that they've hit a home run like you're going to hear from a lot of places. Yeah. I, I don't know because the guy's never been a head coach. He's never even called play. So, so we really don't know. But here's what bothers me about all of this, and I'll go back to the moment that Vrabel was fired. I don't think Vrabel was fired because of his head coaching ability. Right. 
or I, his I win-loss record or anything else. Right. He got fired because of his personality. I fear that Brian Callahan has been hired because of his personality and not because of what they think of him as a head coach, first and foremost. It may work out. Owners back their way into the right coaching decision all the time. But I look at this and I say, what have the Titans done here? They took a guy who was seen as a tyrant in the building, that it was his way or the highway, that wanted full control, that wanted control over his destiny and not having anyone else holding the purse strings or making decisions that were going to affect his livelihood with the team. They kicked that guy to the curb, and who'd they go get? They got a guy who desperately wants to be a head coach that's 39 years old, that's very nice, that there's stories about how he adapts to every surrounding he's been in, that wants a GM to be in charge of personnel, and it's going to get along with everyone in the building. That's a great quality. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But when you make the decision based solely on that, that can be a problem. And that's my concern for the Titans. Yeah, and with this, high, with this whole process, that's been my concern. And also, just throwing this out there, uh, don't rule out the possibility that, I mean, if you're, if you're interviewing for the job, you're going to love the quarterback. But you don't have to immediately say he's the franchise. And if, he, if you know he's not, and the Cincinnati Bengals had no business drafting Will Levis. They had Joe Burrow. Uh, but if you know he's not, why they're, I mean, they're in position to make a move if they want to. Uh, they could trade him. This, this assumption that it's all Will Levis, and it is. I mean, this is, this is a move to throw the football more. Levis has a cannon of an arm. They're going to be more... Uh, what it is, Chad, is uh, there's no more Derrick Henry for the Titans. We, we were already saying that you could slam the door on that. This yeah. is locking it uh, in, in terms of where the mentality is. That was a run-first offense. Now it's not. It's not going to be like that. Even though in Cincy, they ran the football well. And they didn't protect their quarterback very well. That's also been a problem for the Titans with the offensive line. Well, I, look, I'm going under the assumption that the Will Levis decision was more Rand Carthon than Mike Vrabel of who wanted to make that call uh, to trade up early in the second round and draft him. I don't know that. I'm just, I'm guessing. Yeah, here. Since I've, he's I've the been GM, Strunk, the owner. Well, if it's Strunk, the owner, then I especially feel very solid in saying this. Whoever they hired is going to love Will Levis. Well, she said in the statement too. You know, yeah, that he's the, he's the future, right? You're not getting the job if you come in and say, you know, we're drafting seventh here. If I get this job, I'd like to either trade up and get one of these quarterbacks or draft this quarterback in that spot. I doubt they're, they're saying that. Seems like uh, Harbaugh is going to be finalizing a deal soon with the Los Angeles Times. Jo uh, Josina Anderson uh, tweets out and says that I'm told discussions with Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers are now underway as I type this per source. So they're, they're, uh, the, the report earlier from Pelissero included that his wife would be joining him in Los Angeles for the second interview and that they were, at this stage, going through staffing and who was going to be the general manager. Effectively saying, Jim Harbaugh is the general manager. And he's giving his... They're hiring him first, and then they bring in the day-to-day -day operations of the personnel department, so to speak. Yeah, I'm seeing this from our guy, Jordan Schultz. Uh, Schultz Report, who has posted... Jim Harbaugh wants to coach the Chargers, and the Chargers want Jim Harbaugh. He's in L.A. I believe the deal's about to get done. As long as Harbaugh's questions about bringing staff, which you just mentioned, Hutton, and analytics folks are met by the Chargers, which he expects to get done. What about uh, Connor Stallions? You're not going to find anyone who loves Michigan football more than Connor Stallions. If you're Santa Ono, I know, I know how much Santa Ono I'm talking to you right now. I know how much you love Jim Harbaugh. 
But if you think about your love for Jim Harbaugh, and if you could replicate that love and put it into Michigan football, that is Connor Stallions. Santa, the way you love Jim Harbaugh is the way Connor Stallions loves Michigan Wolverine football. So if you want someone who's going to carry that love and that fight for 60 minutes every weekend, you hire Connor Stallions as your head coach. That'd be amazing. Or uh, I mean, I'd love nothing more than Connor Stallions to be the hire. I, I, I'm t- How would the NCAA respond to that? Do you think they would try to have all of the authority again? On everything else. Guys, we're not holding any more congressional meetings. We want all the authority back. We want no help from Congress. We have one ruling to make before we go back to you for help, and that is to give Michigan the death penalty because they just hired Connor Stallions as their coach. I, I believe would be he, amazing. Would have, he would have been in Denver had Arbaugh decided to go to the Broncos last year. I wonder if they bring Connor Stallions on as his analytics guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they, What about Connor Stallions for the analytics department? I mean, Who knows who he's bringing with him, but it's whoever he wants. I hope Michigan brings him back. And then how, how, many, how many of the, uh, the staff that he's currently with is following him there? And his former defensive coordinator, not Jesse Minter, but Mike McDonald's also getting several interviews. Well, and if it's Jesse Minter, it, it, to me, the way Michigan stays strong is holding on to both coordinators. That's probably not going to happen because whoever doesn't get the job, let's say Sharon Moore gets the job, whoever doesn't get it feels spurned. They're yeah. probably going to join Harbaugh yep. with the Chargers because I'm sure both want the job. And, and by this report, it sounds, I mean, this would indicate that it's more. And mentor, no, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. And it's kind of a Raiders situation, right? I feel like all the Michigan players would want more to get the job also. So it helps unity with the recruiting class coming in, with the current roster. Yeah. You keep everything well, more solid and, if it's more. And this was set up this way. I mean, Harbaugh set up more in a great position to have this play out the way it has. You know, I think that's by part, lying to the NCAA. No, by by letting by him be the interim suspended. head coach whenever yeah. he's whenever he's suspended. Well, no, yeah, it, it all started because he got suspended two different times. But yeah, by allowing him to for do one it. Of them. But remember, the first go around was like a tryout. Remember the first three or four games, he well, just rotated different acting was, head coaches. But it was more twice, and then more got it the second go around. But but he was suspended though. He was suspended for one of those games, and he was the he was the acting head coach on game day for two of them. And then got the final three as well. I, I think it, it, that's part of the emotion of the Penn State win. On yeah. top of everything else, I think he's reacting there. What, so reports are that uh, Bill Belichick is, is losing momentum with the Atlanta Falcons uh, for uh, landing that job. He, as I mentioned, he went to the yacht uh, in the Virgin Islands and spoke with Arthur Blank. They had the general manager, team president, uh, Rich McKay, and others that were present there. He's going to have... Uh, and, and has a, a, a second interview, and it felt like it was going to be done. But my initial reaction to this was, not if Harbaugh hasn't decided what he's going to do. And then, Chad, if you look at the list of coaches that they have talked to and that are, are considering bringing in for a second interview, it's odd because Belichick's 72 years old, and they've spent a lot of time going down the path of coaches who were available, not coaches who they needed to ask permission for. They, they waited nearly a week after firing Arthur Smith before even asking for permission to talk on Zoom with coaches, which is odd because all these other teams were doing that. And it indicated, at least I thought, that it was going to be Bill Belichick or bust. And he's clearly interested in it. He continues to talk with Arthur Blank. But are they really having cold feet or is this just, well, playing the agent game of who has leverage and who doesn't based on what Belichick's asking to do? what he wants to do in Atlanta. Isn't the I thought still, of Bill Belichick coaching your team just an all-in or all-out proposition? 
I don't even know I don't why you go down the path unless you're exactly. I don't understand Bill Belichick either gaining or losing momentum. Exactly, because I always just felt the team that was going to hire Bill Belichick was going to go through the whole Rooney Rule process and then hire Bill Belichick quickly. There's not. What do we not know about Bill Belichick after the last 25 years of him with the Patriots? That either you want that or you don't. I don't understand losing or gaining momentum with Belichick. I just figured there'd be a team that would just hire him. And I thought that team was going to be the Falcons. Maybe it's not. They're supposed to meet with Vrabel this week, too, the Falcons. That was a report last weekend. I mean, are you allowing yourself to say, if we can get a guy that we think is Belichick but younger that played for him, we want to give him a shot to to woo us first? I guess I can understand that, but I I really don't because... Or you're waiting on Ben Johnson, the OC. Don't you just hire Bill Belichick if you you like him? I I don't... that's weird. I agree. I agree. And again, you, you've and I can understand, by the way, not wanting him at all. If you're a franchise that does not want that, the you want a young that guy, does. then I, I can see most of them not wanting him at all. But for someone, this is a steal. You're getting the who's going to be with your team, likely the winningest coach in the history of the NFL. But then you have Florio on Sunday come out and say that teams are quietly considering pursuing him. Whatever that means. If you're pursuing him, go after it. Why do you have to quietly consider? Well, let me ask you this. Do you think the Titans in part were spooked that other teams were about to interview Callahan and they liked him enough where they said, let's go ahead and shut this down? Yes. So, I I don't... Well, he had interviewed interviewed with Atlanta. Is this another byproduct of other teams? The Ben Johnson thing is, is kind of odd to me because there's so many reports about all the control he's going to command. Yes. Wherever he goes and how much money he's going to command, and he knows that, and he, he'll he go back to Detroit if he has to, if he doesn't get that. Our yep. team's getting spooked by that and thinking, well, if I'm going to give someone all this control, I might as well go give it to Bill Belichick, so I'll bring him in. Unless you're just not going to – if you're going to follow the trend, it wouldn't be Bill Belichick, though, right? I get, that's what's odd with this. And Brian, you've got Brian Johnson, the OC, and, and who is apparently not going to be back in, uh, yeah, he's out. in Philly. Uh, and it wasn't going to be back, I mean, even if he – did not land a head coaching job. So he's still yeah, he's making fine. the rounds. You've got Mike McDonald, uh, the DC for the Ravens, who has interviewed on Zoom a few times. Uh, and then you have um, what's going on with, with Belichick and we're still waiting on Harbaugh. When you Those interview on names. Zoom, Hutton, let me ask you this question. When you interview on Zoom, do you interview from the facility of the team that you're coaching for at the time? Are there like other yeah, assistant coaches uh, messing with you in the back of the Zoom? As you're interviewing with another team? My guess is you're in a closed office. I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, I'm just laughing at other staffers, I, like I get, ass- getting in the background of the Zoom when you're interviewing. I, I presume you're just in your office and you you do it that way because you, the team has granted permission for you to do it. Right. Uh, but I You mean, get sent down to storage B at a certain time right, and that's yeah. where you conduct the interview? Internet's really bad there. Away from everyone else? Internet's awful there. They're sabotaging your Wi-Fi? Yeah. So the uh, conspiracy theories, you know, the the NFL's scripted. Uh, it's you know already you can determine who's going to win the Super Bowl or whatever. Check this out. So the you had this from November. NFL memes tweeted this in November. Anyone else notice this? And it is the Super Bowl matchups. The last three, uh, presumed last three. We're about to find out if it's going to be San Fran and Baltimore. But the color scheme of the Super Bowl logo indicates the teams involved. And if you think about it further, so this year at Vegas, it's purple and red. 
the the color that's represented least is the winner. Los Angeles, Kansas City, and if San Francisco and Baltimore win, it would be San Fran winning in the Super Bowl over the Ravens. How about this? Can the NFL at least come out and make a statement telling us how they pick the color schemes for each Super Bowl? I mean, if it's not scripted, then at least give us the reason why. I mean, I understand the Arizona one. That's sort of the Arizona color scheme. Yes. And that one makes a lot of sense. Um, The Vegas one, that's the one that's the most odd to me, that if it is uh, 49ers-Ravens, that it perfectly matches up with their color scheme. Cincinnati and L.A., I I mean, I don't think of those colors when I think Los Angeles necessarily. Crazy. Well, it's scripted, Jen. It's already done. San Francisco. Davey's a firm believer in the NFL being scripted and already. He, already he really wants it to game. be, yeah. If it's scripted, they should script the lines in there. That that would be my argument. I, I don't. Why would you script 49ers Ravens when everyone knows the Lions, who got massive numbers for their game, by the way? Massive, massive numbers. Now, you see where they've already screwed the Lions over was when the ref said they did not report as eligible. I can't remember which offensive tackle it was. But see, had the Lions won that game over the Cowboys, they would be hosting would the host. 49ers this week. And that's that's going to be the difference between a win and a loss. And so the fact that this game's going to be in uh, Santa Clara, uh, the 49ers are going to take it. And I, at this point, anticipate them winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, the odds-on uh, matchup is 49ers versus Ravens. And so the... We're just the NFL is just leading us right down that path, and we're gonna yuck it up, you know. Taylor Decker, I think, was the the tackle, the tackle. Taylor eligible. Decker, and then the other the other tackle was supposed to report, I think, or yeah. did they did? I don't know. No, they did. There, there's film of them. I mean, he's talking oh, they to the ref. They did. If he's not reporting as eligible, what is he running out to this official to do to say before yeah, what's this? What's the play? official looking at him for? Or do you not think that the NFL has their own version of the Wizard of Oz? where it's just someone that knows the algorithm says the Lions next year has more impact. So the script this year will have them making the NFC Championship, but next year the Super Bowl is where they're really going to get the, the, the most impact from that? I don't know. It, well, I mean, the way Todd Bowles acted in this game, you certainly would have I, – I, he acted like it was scripted. I'm buying more and more into like JFK uh, conspiracy theories out yeah. there. The more I listen and the more I read to things. So. Totally buying into this. This is one that I will say, total coincidence. Total coincidence on the yeah, colors of no those, of those no uh, Super Bowl uh, what if What if it happens again next year? Total coincidence. Yes. Four, total years, coincidence. four years in a row. This is one that would just, it would shake my belief system to the core so much. That if you, you know, when you were a kid and you found out that, spoiler alert for little kids that don't know this out there that watch our show, wrestling is fake. Remember how that kind of shook you for a little bit? When you were really little, you think, man, this is real. My daughter asked me this. She's eight the other night. Wrestling was on. Or no, it was uh, UFC. And she asked me, is this real or fake? And I said, well, this is real. And she said, so wrestling is fake. And I said, yes, pro wrestling is fake. College wrestling, high school wrestling, real. That shook me when I was a kid. This would really shake me as an adult. I don't know how it happens next year, Davey, because the color scheme is almost pink. For the New Orleans Super Bowl, there is green, but then it's uh, Chad. What would you say the color scheme is here? I would say that would require an Eagles Ravens Super Bowl. That is dead on Eagles Ravens. If that happens, that's purple and green. This is purple. Even the this, top is purple. Well, the top is purple. The middle is fuchsia. The bottom is green. 
Yeah, we were going to see the Seahawks. See, it could also be the Seahawks. Could be. Instead of the Eagles. I'd say Eagles-Ravens possibility. Maybe the Jets. Everyone just assumes If that happens, Davey, maybe your conspiracy theory has legs. Aaron Rodgers swan song? <laughs> could be. Could I mean, be the Jets. We haven't talked about uh, the Jets in a while. And they're going to... I think the Houston's going to dominate a lot of the offseason. You know where we've talked about the Jets recently? All of these stories coming out now that um, it was Aaron Rodgers that, were, that he was holding the Packers back. That once they got, you know, they got rid of that, clearly this run shows that he was the distraction and Jordan Love is distractionless, and that's, that's why the Packers were good. They both threw picks in the playoffs. Both of them. I mean, it's look, it's tough to argue that Aaron Rodgers doesn't cause some off-field distraction with his activities, but I think he's also a pretty good quarterback. Todd may, Bowles, may have helped the Packers. Todd a Bowles bit. is a distraction for me. Um, so there's, what, 30 seconds left, roughly. Third down and was it 18? And they had a timeout on the screen. I just assumed that the, the broadcast was not correct. I thought that, oh, that surely they're out of timeouts. Because it, at the most, it, the, the best case scenario is that they turn the football over on another snap. Worst case is they kick a field goal and you're down by 11. But Todd Bowles just presumed the game was over. Quote, the game was over. It's not a gentleman's agreement. They were in field goal range. We'd have had 12 seconds calculated after that timeout to come back from it. Then we'd uh, have been down 11 points, so it's kind of pointless. You kind of know the game is over. The game was over. Not really. I would make them snap it again with a timeout left. Who knows what's going to happen in this? So I, I, don't, I don't know why they concede this whenever there actually was a possession game uh, in, the, in the grasp there, even though, yeah, Chances are they're going to kick the field goal and it's going to be good. Why do that? Why just concede and run across the field and shake hands? You just love the Lions story so much. You're ready to get out of there and the let game their was fans over. celebrate? The game was I'm sure that plays into the theories that the NFL scripted too. Yeah, you got to call a timeout. You got to make them punt it, do something. A missed field goal is a turnover on downs and they have the ball down, uh, down a possession and it's at their own 39-yard line. Right. I mean... Block field goal. <laughs> There's know, a lot man. of possibilities that could happen. It's just stupid. I don't know what good using a timeout is if you can't take advantage of it. Was another quote that Bowles gave. Yeah, that's not good. Like, is he like losing his mind? I mean, chances are you're losing the game, but it's not over at that point. As good as his answer was to the woman who asked if they were going to be too cold, yes, playing at Ford Field. With his response to that, this was equally was as bad on the other side. <laughs> the way he handled this one. We, uh, Did the woman ask the question? What a redemption story. If the woman who thought Detroit played outdoors in the cold was the one who questioned him about this. about this, said, hey, coach, I know you pointed out where I was incorrect about this, but why not take that time out and got these responses from him? I'd love to. That's a hero's arc. I'd love to hear that. Chances are, no. It was Have we her. identified <laughs> the woman who asked the question? Has um, anyone outed her yet as to who this person is? I'm guessing like local TV sportscaster. But I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe it's public broadcast. I don't know. Team team know. reporter? Uh, uh, former reporter is what I would say. It'd be hilarious if it was a team reporter and her response was when he said, you do know that they play indoors, was, <laughs> no, I don't know because you guys are too cheap to send me on the road. You do know that. As we, a team reporter, I've yet to attend an away game, so I don't know where this game is actually. You do know that uh, you had a timeout left, Coach. That would have been a great response. John McClain joins us next on Hot Mike.
6th and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here at Outkick.com. John McClain joins us as well. SportsRadio610.com is where you can read and watch and listen to his great work. John uh, certainly uh, has covered uh, Houston sports and the Texans for a long time. Oilers prior to that saw a, uh, a game that maybe puts Lamar Jackson over the top for postseason uh, star power, let's say. Uh, what was a, a great performance, especially in the second half. Uh, but, John, before we get rolling on uh, Baltimore, how they won, and then we look ahead to the matchups this weekend, uh, you overheard us chatting about the reporter that asked about the weather in Detroit, even though they're playing in a dome. What background do you have there? It was a reporter from a station that laid off all the sports people, and they sent a news side reporter, and I felt terrible for her because I've asked some stupid questions before, and people have protected her and didn't let her. I haven't seen her name anywhere, but that's typical of journalism today. So many stations lay off people, and then they send people who are not qualified. And uh, so I I just felt awful for her. That's how that came about. And I think over time, we'll probably see more and more of that. Yeah, man, they probably planted the question. They wanted her to do the story. Who knows? Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. Like, did she realize she didn't have to ask a question at a press conference, that she could just be there reporting on it and not ask a question? No clue. <laughs> I know. With I'm the Sports Illustrated AI. story last week, John, this kind of fits right in line uh, with the layoffs of the sports department at that station. And, John, you would think with all the ratings, I mean, the record ratings that we're seeing, that more emphasis would be put on, like, strong coverage of this league. Well, it is, but the problem is so many outlets have laid off so many people like Sports Illustrated, which used to be the bastion of sports journalism. They're laying off over 100 people, and everybody thinks it's the the sign that they're going to be out of business, which would be terrible, although that newspaper's uh, kind of like me, certainly not what it used to be. Is Lamar Jackson your pick for the quarterback that you're rolling with, or are you going with Mahomes, John? It's hard to go against Patrick Mahomes in any situation. As he showed, again, in Buffalo, the weather was not too bad. Windy, of course. And uh, he made enough plays to beat Josh Allen. There were bad, bad game management and clock management with both of those teams at the end, as it was with Tampa. And uh, I'm I've, after watching Lamar Jackson play great, um, and I, it's, I'm not going against them. Their defense is great, like Kansas City, and the fact that he's such an effective runner. Now, a lot of that was the Texans. They rushed for 100 yards and two touchdowns, three for two touchdowns. Texans were tied at the half, and then they just crumbled because they're a better team. But I can't wait for this game, just like I couldn't wait for the Chiefs and the Bills. And as far as the other one, you know, I picked, as you guys know, Baltimore before the season, so I hope they win. But if it was Detroit, yeah. because of the great story of winning only one playoff game since 1957, I think that would be a blast, too. John, I know I'm a little late to the party here, but I'm now three-fourths of the way just recently through the John Wick movies. I've uh, been watching them, and I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are John Wick. You cannot kill them. They are bad this year. That was a bad offense. Throughout this season, they found a way to get in a good position in the playoffs, and they go to Buffalo, and suddenly they can play offense, albeit a very injured Bills defense, but they find a way to get it done, even if it's surviving 
a missed field goal, and that gives me hesitation about Baltimore winning this game because it's hard to kill John Wick, and that's who Patrick Mahomes is. Yes, you are late to the John Wick party. I've seen those movies. Number one and number three, three's the best. I probably watched them every time they're on. I click on them. I thought three was fabulous. And uh, I knew you'd be a John Wick fan, John. I knew you'd be a John Wick fan. After the first two movies, I read an article that counted every time he killed somebody, and it was 236 people he killed in the first two movies. That's somebody with a lot of time. Mahomes is playing great. Kansas City's defense is playing great. You know, Spagnuolo is doing a tremendous job. It always gets overlooked because of what Mahomes is able to pull off. And uh, I have such great respect for him and Andy Reid. We haven't had in Houston a team in the championship game since 1979 Oilers. And here the Chiefs have done it six consecutive seasons. How about Buffalo? Josh Allen's going to keep them in the, the playoff contention. But the window of opportunity, they're way over the cap currently. They've got some uh, salary cap issues that they'll have to do with restructures uh, on contracts. And they have an old, older team, an aging team, I should rephrase. Uh, and when the injuries occurred on defense, man, they were slow. They were slow. Uh, it's going to be a very different roster a year from now. Did we just see the last of Josh Allen as we know it with Diggs and company based on the way this season has played out and the way that game ended, John? As long as they got Josh Allen, they'll be a contender for the Super Bowl, for the AFC South title. If you got that quarterback, you can fill in around him. You can take care of salary cap issues, put the money, push it on down the road. I think uh, they'll always be very formidable. And I don't know, people talk about Bass missing that field goal. What about Diggs? That long pass went right through his hands. You know, your top receiver is supposed to catch that. And that fake punt, you know, that wasn't because of Josh Allen or any of the players. But uh, I think that they need to, like the Chiefs, their first-round pick ought to be a wide receiver. John, do you feel any different about the 49ers uh, given their struggles uh, against the Packers? That game came through when it mattered in the end, but now do you look at them differently going into this game with the Lions? I don't look at them as a, a as a dominant team like the Ravens who beat beat the pants off of them in Santa Clara late in the season. Both of them are high scoring. The uh, The 49ers defense is built for the up front where they put all their money Number one picks were the Ravens under Mike McDonald, who could turn this into a head coaching job. That defense is powerful, and they both of them run the ball so well. And uh, the running game takes pressure off Brock Purdy. If he has to play without Debo Samuel, that is a tremendous blow to that offense. No one's really. Uh, I think most are expecting San Francisco, Baltimore. Yes. I don't think anyone's counting out Detroit in this. And the biggest surprise is it's Jared Goff playing with this confidence and this, just he's cool, calm, and collected. And he's the quarterback that was traded away almost as a, a, he was just a stopgap. He was a placeholder for whatever Detroit was going to end up doing. Salary dump in order to get Stafford, who needed to be traded to go win a Super Bowl, and he did. And now Goff has a chance to do it for Detroit and the Lions organization. He's been a huge surprise 
He's a great guy. Everybody likes him. And you're right. They just threw him into that deal. I remember everybody, everybody said the Lions would be terrible, and they'll use that high pick on a quarterback. And Jared Goff will be there one season. You know, Sean McVay didn't make a mistake giving up on him after they couldn't score in that great defensive game in the Super Bowl loss to New England because he got Matthew Stafford and he won a Super Bowl. But Goff, he's not going to be intimidated by playing at Levi Stadium where he's played a lot with the Rams. Also, he's been in a Super Bowl. He's been in a championship game. That experience should help him over Brock Purdy. And of course, in the in the it's one of the craziest stats I've seen is Baltimore's hosting an AFC championship game for the first time since 1971 when uh Johnny Unitas was still around. They were playing the Colts for the old Memorial Stadium. Yeah. And I was I was a senior in high school. That's how long it's been. It's one of the few times where we have the four best teams in the championship games. And I can't wait. So, John, the Titans become the first team to hire outside the family for their head coach. You've got Gerard Mayo being elevated, Pierce being elevated in Vegas. What do you make of the hire of Brian Callahan in Nashville? Well, I'm curious if he's going to want to call plays because he didn't call plays in Cincinnati. Zach Taylor, the head coach, did that. Or if he's going to let his offensive coordinator do it. The thing that that he should try like heck is to get his dad, uh, the offensive line coach, Bill Callahan, with the Browns, who's one of the best. Titans could use some offensive line help too, John. You know that. That's the truth. See if the Browns will let him out of his contract. I can't imagine they would force a guy to stay to keep him from uh, coaching with his son. And so I'm guessing they're going to try to do that, and that would be a great move because Callahan is so good. And he doesn't have a lot of stars on his offensive line. And uh, I think you got to start there. Then you got to see who he's going to put in to coach Will Levis because the quarterback coach might be, other than offensive line coach, the most important on the team. And uh, and I guess that Callahan didn't come in the meeting and say, well, you know, uh, we had uh, Will Levis rated as a third or fourth rounder. I'm guessing he came in and said, we love Will Levis too. And I would love to coach him. John, are you buying into the discussion that Travis Kelsey could retire? No. I, who was it? Tracy Wolfson? Or I can't remember who it was that kind of threw it out there. He looks like he's having way too much fun. Yeah. And let's be honest. You know, he's not married yet. You know, he hadn't, he hadn't been forced to sign a prenup. <laughs> and he needs some money. And so he's, once he retires, he's not going to be getting all those steep farm commercials and all those other commercials he's doing. So I, especially as well as he played, I don't think for an instance he's going to retire. Is Bill Belichick going to retire? Or is he going to get this Atlanta job? Well, he may not. He may have to. You know, Atlanta's interviewing a bunch of coaches twice. Uh, they've already interviewed him. Could be Belichick, Pete Carroll, two of all, the all-time best coaches get left out in the rain because, you know, they're in their early 70s. And uh, Chad and I were discussing, why do you go down the path of Belichick if you're not going to give him the control that he would desire or want or that you would be willing to give? I don't know why you mess around with that if you're going to go with a young coach two weeks later. Well, first of all, I would not give Bill Belichick final sale over personnel. His offensive decisions on personnel 
with New England were terrible. And uh, maybe at this point in his career, he doesn't have to worry about the pens and pencils and paper clips like he did up there when he was in charge of everything. Yeah. And maybe he just liked to be the head coach and, and oversee the defense. But, you know, if you get it, he's doing the interview. You know, Arthur Blank is asking him questions, but he's asking Arthur Blank a lot of questions. You know, he's got a GM over there, Terry Fontenot. He's got a president, Rich McKay, who used to be a GM. And some people think that he could be an impediment because Rich likes to get involved, even though he's not supposed to. But uh, I still think that's a really, really good job. I think Vrabel would be ideal because of two really good running backs. And uh, Mike likes to run the ball. And uh, so can't wait to see all the dominoes fall. You know, you know that the Titans are glad to get to get their man and get it done. And people here were holding the breath that uh, Bobby Slowick might end up there because of Rand Carthon. But uh, Bobby Slowick needs another year as a play caller and, a, and as an offensive coordinator before he becomes a head coach, although he's getting another interview with the Falcons and the Commanders. You still feel good about Vrabel getting one of these jobs, John? I do. You know, he's been talked about Seattle. He's interviewed with the Chargers, even though Jim Harbaugh, I don't know what's holding that deal up. Either he wants too much control, too much money, or they just don't want to put up with his idiosyncrasies and difficulties. But it seems like if Harbaugh was going to do it, he would have done it, although we don't know if he's been offered the job. Well, the, the think- report there is a report from Tom Pelissero just uh, earlier uh, that said that they have made a let me get this right. It was a the Chargers have made an extremely strong financial offer, and this is the first time they've made an offer to him. And so, somebody said they were within striking distance. Yes, and whatever that, that means. And they're I discussing staff that, and who the ge- general manager is going to be. He told I don't know if I told you all this. I heard Mike Greenberg say on ESPN last week he'd been at a funeral last year for a prominent Michigan person he knew, Harbaugh was there, and they talked a lot about the NFL, and Harbaugh could not stop talking about Justin Herbert. I don't know a coach that would would not jump at the opportunity to do it. Um, Pete Carroll's just done? I guess. You know, they said he's calling people, trying yeah. to get a job, but, uh, you know, he's one of the few, along with Barry Switzer and Jimmy Johnson and – to win a, a Super Bowl and a national championship, and he can coach, but uh, for whatever reason, he might have to sit out a year, do TV, and see it. 73 if somebody wanted to hire him, but it's hard for a team to sell a coach in his 70s, including Bill Belichick. All right, John, uh, Baltimore, we know, is your pick. Are you taking San Fran or Detroit? I'm going with San Fran. I'd love to see – San Francisco and Baltimore back in the Super Bowl because I think they're the two best teams. But what a great story. Dan Campbell grew up right outside Waco, my hometown, went to Texas A&M. You know, who doesn't like Dan Campbell? Who doesn't feel for the Lions and the long-suffering fans? love it. So it wouldn't bother me if they won, but I still like it to be Baltimore, San Francisco with the Ravens winning. So you guys can remind me I picked them. We will. And you've picked the winner before uh, several times. This guy's uh, Nostradamus. My, my Super Bowl's out. I had Bills 49ers coming into the season. so I've got Chiefs Niners. Thank you, Tyler Bass, for that one. Ooh, you're still in it. That's great, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think Kansas City's winning this game. 
I, I, well, I'm not I, picking them John either. Wick, but if man, they, can't kill them. But if they do, we won't be surprised. No, but uh, that's true. This is just a different Lamar Jackson. He looks way the 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 the, the extra layer that they've done with him and uh, the passing offense and the best receiving core we've seen. Mark Andrews could come back. I mean, uh, there's a lot of positives there. However, we've seen Baltimore lose on this stage. We have. John, he never loses. He do, he loses on no stage. No, the, the biggest <laughs> stage. Including knowing it. John Wick information. At, like him citing 236 deaths, John. That's the body count for I John Wick in the first in the two first films. two movies. And it must have been 236 in John Wick 3 by itself. It easy. I think in the first five minutes of John Wick 3, he may have had half that body count. <laughs> John, thank you as always. Guys, it's my pleasure. Jonathan, Chad, like you guys have a great rest of the week. You, you as well. There's John McClain at McClain underscore on underscore NFL Sports Radio 610.com is where you can read and see and hear his great work, all the podcasts, articles, columns, and more. Uh, speaking of that, outkick.com is where you can catch Armando Salguero and his great coverage of the National Football League. He has a report at Outkick, Armando saying, that while it's still premature to say a deal is completely done until everything is signed, the money part for Harbaugh and the Chargers has been agreed to. More details on that and the parameters within the contract. That's next on Hotline.